Travel, Eat, and Learn. I'm Susan Sam Shockley. And I'm Patrick Barney. And our title says it all. Travel, because we believe that the world is a book and those who do not travel only read one page. Eat, because we believe that when you eat with the locals, you learn about the customs of the place you're in. And of course, we want you to have fun and learn. Learn about those cuisines and those customs that you visit, not only throughout the world, but throughout the United States. Thanks for watching. This episode is being brought to you by For More Travel. Where you dream it and they make it happen. And we are the they. We are the they. First of all, we want to say hello to welcome back, Barb. <laughs> if you're listening, if you're listening, then all the important people in Wisconsin are listening to our show. Thank you very much. I also have to take another time to say a uh, shout out to Danny, my barber. Don't I look beautiful this morning? Gorgeous. Oh, Danny worked my all prince. afternoon on my hair yesterday, and he is at the Legacy Barber. <laughs> in Warm Springs and Southeastern, and I told him I would shout it out if he and his friends watched. So, Danny, thanks again for a second job well done. Well, Sam, people tune in for the travel news you can use. It's going to me? No, it's going to her. Well, God. Well, it's the first time I get to do it. So it's, <laughs> these are five things that you need to know about Cuba. I was just reading an article and this came up and I thought that these were really the answers to a lot of my customers' questions. What do you want to see? Well, you want to get the feeling of the old days. You want the 50s. You want the romance of Cuba. So when you're sailing into the Harbor, I want you to look at the infrastructure and turn back the t edge of time. Very poetic. Very yes, poetic. I think so too. I want you to realize that it is hot, hot, hot there. So make sure that anytime you go out, you carry some water with you. Now, another thing is now that a bunch of cruise ships which are starting in May, are coming into the Cuban harbor. Everyone's going to get off, and they have to get Cuban money. So there's going to be like 2,000 in this line and 2,000 in that line. Where do you go? You go to San Jose Artisan Market. It's just down the street from the port. And it's a clue, and you might not have to wait so long. And what should you do? You should bring euros with you because the euro exchange right now is a dollar six. So you're only losing six cents on the exchange. Whereas if you give American money, you're going to lose 15 cents. 15 cents. So you only get $85 back with $100. There you go. However, <laughs> so, you, so you have to, you know, right now as we're doing the show, the, the euro is a dollar six. So if you get euros before you leave the United States, then you can use them anywhere or to exchange for um, Cuban money. He's so smart. They don't, they don't like American money because of, they have no real banking system. And, you know, you're losing $15 out of 100 just to do that. So it's worth getting some euros before you leave, at and least for the basics. five, you are going to have an enrichment presentation while you're there. It's the law. <laughs> and it's best 
to read up on Cuba and their history uh, so that you can have a spirited conversation like Patrick did. Well, I, I, we had a nice meeting with, <laughs> with a professor of Cuba who had learned, I'd studied a little bit in the United States, but she was a little naive. I mean, at that time, the cruise ships hadn't arrived. It was just a couple hundred people a week and so forth. And she was so proud of the fact that they were able to handle at least 9,000 tourists a month. And, you know, I said, listen, we're using 9,000. I said, when those ships come, you're going to have 6,000 a day. She got very indignant that they couldn't handle it. I mean, maybe you could fit half the people in the potholes, but the rest of the people have to be entertained. Okay? Patrick not only did that, but he challenged her on their history. And it was just amazing. I was so proud. Heartbeat still. Yeah, I don't think we'll be invited to that no, university so. this week. No, no, I don't think. But they do. They do give you some. It gives you a perspective that these people have been out of touch with the world for 50 years, and so their sense of history is going to be different than our sense of history. There's no doubt about that. All right. Now another point, Sam. I want to bring out a lot of people in the last 10 years. Asia has opened up in the travel business, and a lot of people have been going to uh, China, they've been going to Vietnam, they've been going to Burma, what, what I used to call Burma, when I was, but now it's called Myanmar. Myanmar, okay? And, you know, Americans are not like the British. We don't particularly like to sweat in the jungles, all right? But there are now a lot of riverboat cruises going on in Vietnam, and, and especially in Burma, and I keep saying Burma because I prefer that name. But Avalon does a wonderful river cruise throughout the whole country. Now, that means you're going to have clean sheets, you're going to have air conditioning, and you're going to have a great American breakfast every morning. But you're also going to have in-depth shore excursions that are included in the price. And they're going to do such things as take you to a candy factory that makes candy out of uh, the sap of the toddy palm tree, okay? They're going to go to a village that makes pottery. They're going to go to a monastery so that you can learn about their religion and, of course, make a donation. Where else are you doing a monastery? Okay. And then finally, you're going to have a visit to a farmer's home and see how they live. Now, remember, this type of country is not like you're going to Europe and getting a local flavor. They haven't got the tourism thing set up. So when you go to these places, this is the real thing. It is not... It is not uh, tourist traps, okay, that have been set up to educate you. If you're going to go see a pottery, and this is a guy who makes a pottery to make a living. So in that sense, it's good. But the, the best way to see Vietnam and Burma and places like that is with a river cruise. Much better, better organized and a good, safe place to go back. Avalon is one of the great ones to do that. Okay, so, Sam, I think that's two points that are interesting and noted. Okay. Well, I'm glad you are amused. Okay, I'm amused. Now, <laughs> amusement is over because it's time for a travel rant. <laughs> All right. So much for the friendly, friendly as flying with the United. Good God, let me tell you. This has been a bad week or a month for United, and not to mention for the passengers. No peanuts, but you get to play two separate games. One is called drive, uh, Drag the Doctor Down the Aisle, 
okay? In this one, we get to see what happens if you say, no, I paid for this seat and I don't want to get off because I've got business to do at home. And shame on the people who brought up the fact that 10 years ago, he was brought up on charges for prescribing pain pillars, uh, pills way too much. If that was a major crime in this country, half the doctors in Hollywood and Fifth Avenue in New York would be in jail right now. And plus, that had nothing to do with dragging him off the plane. The police didn't come in and say, hey, are you that drug guy from Kentucky? Oh, that's why you're getting thrown off. Very bad way of handling that. Then the second game, of course, if you, if you got bored with that one is, let's boot the wedding couple off the plane so that they miss their own wedding. Here's a couple going to Costa Rica. Family is waiting down there to give them a nice destination wedding, which for the travel agency is a fun thing to do. <laughs> they get to their seats, which they paid for, and there's a guy sprawled across the three seats and sleeping. So the plane's got empty seats, so they move up two seats, not to wake this guy up, and they sit in the seat. The, the stewardess, air, uh, air flight attendant, whatever you want to call them today, it doesn't make any difference. She said, no, you can't sit there. Well, why? Because you didn't pay for that seat, and that's the extra, this is the extra lane. You, this is where you can actually spread out your legs. Of course, your hips are still in a vice, but at the same time, <laughs> your, your legs are run out. So, and he said, well, there isn't any other place. Now, you know, there is nothing to indicate that she did not go wake the guy up and say, sit up in your own seat. No. They said, well, listen, we'll pay for it. Oh, no, 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 you have to get off. They sent the couple off the plane. Oh, yeah, okay. They sent them up in a room. They put them on a flight the next day. But guess what? They lost their wedding the next day. They had to pay an extra room in Costa Rica that they wouldn't have had to pay. They got people down in Costa Rica waiting for them to show up. And they're sitting in a Chicago hotel. United, you've got plenty of, what I would say, physical and emotional abuse, no peanuts. Now. Let's understand what's happened in the flying world, the airfare. In the last 10 years, airlines have been consolidating. We now have only four, and that's these four right here, <laughs> airlines that control 85% of the airfare. We got Delta, we got United, we got American, and we have Southwest. So if you're having a problem, where do you go? Okay, where do you go? So this is where Allowing these, you're worried about making the banks too big, you're letting the airlines getting so big that we have no choice and they also have no incentive for good service. Now Delta's trying to try, change that a little bit, okay? They're starting, they're actually they're bringing back peanuts and stuff in coach, isn't that nice? And some food, we mentioned that on one of our other shows. But they're still bumping people off and guess what? Southwest which everybody, oh my God, the price is so reasonable. Oh, I can get in line, I can be an A group, I can be, oh, I can get the seat of my choice and so forth. Southwest dumped more people than any other airline last year. And in general, the airlines are bumping 1,300 people a day or $40,000 a year, or 40,000 people a year because they're overbooking. Wow. Okay. Now that may be with the number of people flying, that's not a big number, but the fact of the matter, 
40,000 people are being inconvenienced. And I don't care if you pay them $800 or $1,200. The fact of the matter is that's coddling. They're in a business to make money. Learn how to run it efficiently. So all I'm going to say is if you travel, we don't have much choices, okay? Maybe find a horse that flies. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, having been in the hotel business for 25 years, it's a common practice in hotels. So if you go when some convention's happening, you may be walked. And you have rights if you're walked. So brush up on that. Well, Sam, now that I'm all sweaty and I'm going to drink my bourbon while you do your walk on water. Now, I've done some research on this. People ask me when they should book their trip to Alaska. Now, any time of the year, now. They only sail till September 15th, so you've got to be on, on the ball and get that reservation. I narrowed this research down to seven-day cruises, although there are 10-day cruises, which have seven-day cruise and then land tours. Uh, you can do either one. I will do it all. But there are 510 cruises, seven-day cruises, going between May 1st and September 15th. And, that, and they fill up? And they fill up. And that only encompasses eight cruise lines that I'm going to discuss. But now, people say, how can I ensure, with the airlines the way that they are, getting on my ship, you must go the day before, invest in that hotel room, have a nice dinner, get on the ship leisurely at noon the next day, and you're in like Flynn. You don't have to worry about a thing. If you're flying in the same day, you've made a mistake. People ask me, what do I want to see? You want to see whales, otters, eagles, moose, or mice, or mooses. Anyway, you want to bring binoculars with you. That is a prerequisite, whether you've got a balcony cabin or you're just going up to the top of the ship, get your binoculars out and see what there is to see. I treasured the moment that I saw five eagles at once. I mean, you rarely see one eagle. The best thing to see are the national park lands. And I suggest that when you get to Ketchikan, you take a pro one of those little planes with pontoons that land right on the water. This is Patrick standing on a pontoon at 74 years old. I can't believe it. I did not get out of the plane because I'm a prima donna. This is Patrick standing on a pontoon in the middle of a lake. Well, I thought it was amazing. He said, well, why don't you get out? And I said, well, there's not a dock here. And he goes, oh, no, you can get on the pontoon. I said, oh, well, that's, that's all right, because I was by the door. So I got out, and I edged my way up on the pontoon. Then he says to the other eight guys in there, why don't you all get out? I said, we're all getting out on this one pontoon? 
you know, <laughs> and the the planes going like this and so forth. Oh, I would. It have was been it wet. was interesting. It was very interesting. Anyway, this is a big tip. If you're anxious to see the glaciers, they're going to move seven feet a day. How you're going to see the parts break off of the glacier is you're going to hear thunder. And when you hear thunder, you are to look at the glaciers from one end to the other, and a piece of it will fall off in about five seconds. It's really amazing. Once you learn how to listen for the thunder, you can watch it. Yeah, and if you've got a movie camera that you want to use, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to hold it for a while because I have beautiful pictures of the ice already in the water. <laughs> I missed it, okay? But those, the cruise ships get real close to the, uh, to the glaciers. They really do. We, that, ship was, that picture was taken from uh, the, sh uh, the ship itself, so we were only a couple hundred yards. Well, I should hope it's from the ship. Well, I, mean, I mean, we didn't you know, walk it on wasn't, water. I mean, we actually, I actually <laughs> took that one. Tell but, me about my pea soup. Oh, yes. Well, since they're so close to the glaciers, when they go into Glacier Cove especially, you suddenly realize if you're out on the deck, temperature starts dropping because you got ice coming down and it, it really drops the temperature surrounding by about, I'd say, a good 20 degrees. So you, that's why you bring your overcoats. Well, everybody gets out on the front deck in order to see all this stuff and to enjoy it. And it is cold and it gets colder and it gets colder. We were on what, Holland America, right? Yes, we were. They had hot pea soup which you can see Sam enjoyed. Now that was a nice treat to be out there on the deck and they're serving you hot pea soup. And of course you could buy more drinks and all if you want, but the, uh, you, it was really cold and it was a delightful yes, a little treat. But we were not on the deck. They actually opened the front bow, which they never ever let people be. And that's where we had our champagne and pea soup. Now I get a lot of questions about what excursions should I do? When you get, or if your ship gets to Victoria, BC, you've got to do high tea at the Empress. It's lovely. It's lovely. It topped off the whole trip as we said goodbye to the cold country, and that's what I recommend. Well, it's, it's a beautiful 100-year-old uh, hotel, you know, and, and a beautiful Vancouver Island is, is very enjoyable, you know, so to, to have tea was a nice way to finish off the trip. It really was. All right, now we have our travel partner, Spotlight. Now normally what we do here is uh, take a look at one of our travel partners that we work with on a daily basis and what they have to offer and what they're doing. But you know, I do a lot of food and wine tr trips and I'm constantly selling or getting people to go and enjoy the cuisine around the country and around the world. I can't do that without acknowledging the fact that here in America there are still kids who go home hungry every day and therefore we like to support the various organizations that do this and to try to uh, rub out hunger in America. One that we're particularly involved in is called No Kid Hungry, and it's a national organization, an umbrella organization that kind of uh, uh, 
helps local people to come up with the, and solve this problem. So let's take a look at one of their videos about hunger in America, which is sad. It's like, um, when you're hungry, it means to be like, <clears throat> you don't have any food in your body and you need it to keep you healthy. The first thing I think about is the people that don't have food. It means like they're really hungry and they don't have much food inside them. Hunger is like when you're starving and you don't have any food to eat and you're real hungry. There's this really bad aching pain in your stomach and you really um, want it to go away. No kids should go hungry. Now, we recommend that there are organizations all over this country that help with this problem. Check around in your neighborhood, in your town, and chip in. For 10 bucks, you can, they can produce 100 meals for a kid. Huh? Put down that bourbon and give a kid a way to enjoy breakfast. All right, Sam, how about now? This is the birthday week for my one true love and my wife of 29 years, okay? And therefore, you're going to have to endure a video that's twice as long as any other video we have ever put together. And I haven't seen it. So, Sam, happy birthday.
sometimes good friends, they're here to stay. A good day to day, blue skies, the sun won't go away. A good day to day, can't keep a smile on my face. Good memories with you. Thank you, my love. Well, we have traveled all over the world and all over the country together. You are a great travel partner as well as a life partner. And even the waiters like you. And you saw we, <laughs> you've gotten to meet so many people, even one of Wayne Newton's stallions. But I only want to be with you. Oh, that's very nice. Aww. Isn't that very nice? That was so sweet. <laughs> Right. Born on the same day as Adolf Hitler, and I <laughs> and I get all this grandness. Thank you so much. Get yourself a camera, boy. That thing is a lot cheaper than a gift. <laughs> all right, now we're going to finish off with where the hell is it? Now, if you remember last show, we gave you an idea that there was one town in the Midwest that had a big <laughs> ball of twine. Now, in the 1950s, there it is. In the 1950s, a farmer started collecting his twine left over from haying, okay? Haying? Yeah, haying. That's haying. when you, when you <laughs> bring it in the hay. Bring it in the hay. Okay. I never saw that in a crossword puzzle. Well, Hanging. You haven't been in a, in, a, in a farm. Anyway, we asked you where this ball of twine was because it is now 40 feet in circumference and it's like 19,000 pounds. And it is in Cawker City, Kansas. If you are coming down from Chicago to the, mid, to the southwest and so forth, Take a little slight side trip here because not only can you see this twain, this twine, twine <laughs> your twain or your twine, anyway, you can see this big freaking ball. <laughs> but they now have new stuff there that you can add to it. That's what that girl was doing. She was running around so she can say, hey, I added to that ball in Hawker City. What more could you want? Okay? This is just a little Americana, Sam. You can't let these things go by. So much I could say about what you just said. <laughs> anyway, anyway, now, I don't have a new question tonight because we want to make a big announcement. We are having an expanded version of My Vegas Beyond the Strip. Why? Because we are going to have the opportunity to have one of the great singers in the Vegas area, Michael Monge. He is everything of the Sinatra era, or the American songbook, whatever you want. The man has been great. And listen, if there's anybody out and here. he's so cute. He's so cute. And if anybody's watching out here from the Bronx, that's where Michael started. He's bought Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. So we want Bronx people to be watching next show. We want, he did a bid stamp in Tampa, 
And then, uh, and then Steve Wynn snatched him from Tampa, did a two-year contract at the Encore, and we've got him. We've I got can't the key. believe it. we got to keep him. Anyway, definitely next, which is, by the way, May the 3rd, tune in to see a special Michael Monge presentation. He's going to sing two songs for us. It'll be great. And remember, if there's anything you saw today that you'd like to plan as a trip, Give us a call or email us at For More Travel. And I'm Sam Shockley, and I thank you for watching. And I'm Patrick Boney, and we'll see you next time with Michael Monge. Goodbye.